Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures was written by Margot Lee Shetterly and published in 2016. <laughs> it's a very good sound effect of you picking the paper up. I know. I want to make sure I got her name right. And the film adaptation came out in 2016 and was directed by Theodore Melfi. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so good news, everyone. I'm still sick <laughs> since we recorded Ready Player One. Yeah. Although it's worse now. Ian's just coughing up his lungs. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. I'm going to try to stifle it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Not stifle, not cough. Be totally and completely professional because professionals don't get sick, Dina. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. Their immune systems are just, that's what they work out, their immune systems. <laughs> so, yeah, but just bear with us a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be good. Yeah. So, yeah. Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. So, this is a nonfiction book, and it's actually the first nonfiction book that isn't a memoir that we're doing. Yes. Which I always think of memoirs as like soft nonfiction. You know, it's like <laughs> not point. really yeah. nonfiction because a lot of it's very readable. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a story because it's actually someone's story. Yeah, there's a, a, a very strong narrative yeah. like thread to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like this is actual nonfiction where it's telling you about something that happened or an event or like a topic and everything. And I, I really don't read a lot of hard nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I'd like to read more of it, but um, it is a little less accessible than soft nonfiction. Yeah. uh, Soft core nonfiction. Soft core. (laughs) I like it. um, Yeah. And this was even a little too hardcore for me. Uh, I started to read this one and I was enjoying it. Yeah. I just I'm already bad about getting through the books quickly enough for each episode. I usually like power through the last two days before we you uh, do. I, if, if you saw a chart graph of like the number of pages I read <laughs> leading up to the episode, it would just be like flatlined. And then these crazy spikes like each week, each the last two, week. two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that kind of didn't work for me this time because it is a denser read yeah. with a lot of facts and, you know, not this it, it does follow. I, I did read about 50 pages <laughs> um, before I realized this wasn't going to happen for me. Yeah. Uh, but you can tell it does follow certain characters and stuff, but it is very fact heavy. Mm-hmm. So that did make it a little hard to do my usual routine of cramming at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just be aware that Adina is. The holder of the book knowledge for this one. I'm the book authority. You are. (laughs) And as such, uh, I don't blame you if you like art, if you like don't quite remember something or. Yeah, um, the book has a lot going on. Um, The book actually takes place from like the 40s and goes up until like the late 70s, basically. So that's a lot of time. You only have to remember three decades worth of knowledge (laughs) on this one story and like it does mainly follow three women but a bunch of other women are mentioned and then like not brought back and so it's sort of hard to keep track of everyone yeah and I actually wish there was maybe like a beginning part that had all the different 
people's names and like a little description of them or something. I think that would have been helpful just because there are a lot of names at the beginning. There's like a glossary at the end mm-hmm. and an index. So that's helpful. But um, just so you would be able to kind of like flip through and see like, oh, who is this again? Like, is this person important? Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the hidden figures, if you haven't heard about it or seen the movie or read the book, um, it's a story about the female black female um computers so they're like human computers in the nasa program so basically they're before before computers were invented (laughs) humans were the computers and they did all the math and all the calculations and this is kind of about the women that were involved in that yeah and you know i i I really do want to go back to this book because i was enjoying it what i read and it even brought an interesting context the small amount that i did read uh, it brought some context to the movie, which was interesting because, yeah. you know, when the movie starts off, it's just kind of established that there's a large team of black women yeah. who are computers in NASA, which I guess isn't like, you know, you kind of accept early on, but you are a little bit like. How did this happen? Yeah, this seems unusual that like, you know, black women would have these kinds of jobs at this time. I mm-hmm. mean, could be totally wrong, but I it seems a little odd. And the book really gives an interesting history uh, during World War Two about like how this kind of came about, which I really enjoyed reading about and finding out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with all the men in the war, there was a labor shortage. So women were actively recruited to be in jobs. So a ton of women were in the workforce and they actually didn't have enough women um, at NASA at this time, which at the during World War II was actually called the NACA. Yeah. And it was more focused on airplane research mm-hmm. um, rather than space. But um, so they actually started recruiting uh, black women because they're like, we just need all the minds that we can get. Yeah. And, and it, then it was sort of like a lot of people expected to lose their jobs after the war ended when the men came back. But since that industry was so was like basically exploding after the war, like airplane research, space research that became like the most important thing in the country. They still needed so much work and so many employees and so much like talent coming in that, you know, the black women got to keep their jobs and then they actively recruited more. Yeah. And their jobs were probably so specialized in terms of like, you know, the computing that they had to be able to do that. There probably weren't even many people who could replace them if they wanted to, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting context to the movie where the movie picks up in kind of uh, smack in the middle. Yeah, in the 60s during the space race. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so the movie follows uh, three women whose names are Catherine, played by, oh God, my handwriting is so small. <laughs> Lo- and also, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's L A R A J I. Henson, Lorahi. Oh, I think that's, t- I think it's a T. Oh, it, it is. It is a T. T. <laughs> it is a T. Tarahi Henson, yeah. uh, and then Mary, played by Janelle Monet, and then Dorothy, played by the amazing uh, Octavia Spencer. Yeah. And they're kind of the three women who we follow through this story mm-hmm. in at Langley and through NASA, and they each kind of have uh, stories that branch off from one another in kind of different areas of. NASA. Yeah. And we're just 
inspired and motivated and on this ride with them. And it's a really great movie. It is. I like the movie a lot. And the story itself is so interesting and exciting. And I can see why they like wanted to make a movie immediately from it. And they're actually in talks to possibly make a show as well. Yeah. Which uh, would be cool. On National Geographic, I believe. Oh my gosh. Who's been getting into, of course, a a channel we don't get. (laughs) Uh, They've been getting into more scripted uh, TV shows lately, and mm-hmm. I guess they have bought the rights for a Hidden Figures TV show. And I think the creators of the movie are in the in a part of that process of adapting it for TV. Wow! So I can see it being a good show. I think it would be because it's so there's it takes place over such a long period of time, and mm-hmm. there's so much to go into that the yeah. movie can't cover. Um, yeah, and it's just something that you don't learn about in school. You know, you learn all about the space race. And, you know, John Glenn, Alan Shepard, all those, you know, people going into space and then Neil Armstrong and the moon, all that. But you don't hear about the people behind the scenes, the hidden figures, if you will. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) Who made all that all of that possible. Yeah. And I mean, it's just crazy because these women, I mean, basically have to be like twice as knowledgeable. Yeah. And go through twice as many obstacles to get half as far as most of like the white men. Yeah. I mean, not only are they women, but they're also black. So they're, you know, dealing with misogyny and ideas about what women can do. And then also about like where black people can be, where they can literally sit and like all of that nonsense. I I, I think it's so funny because in in the movie, like I feel like in each scene, when they approach new people mm-hmm. or like are in a new environment with like new biased white men. Yeah. The white men have to do like this quick calculation of like, what what do I want to focus on? That she's black or that she's a woman? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they'll be like, uh, 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 women aren't allowed to be in here. <laughs> like, well, yeah, like coloreds I'll have go to with sit women. over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, where do I begin? Um, I guess I'll focus in on this. <laughs> yeah. And then if I have to, I'll go to race later. I'll keep that <laughs> in my back pocket. But yeah, it's just, and it, you know, I remember watching the trailer for this movie and being dumbfounded that, you know, these black women in this time period had such integral jobs. Yeah to the space race and that we've never heard about them. No. Or anything about that. No, and only recently, it seems like anyway, have they been getting attention and credit, which mm-hmm. is cool. Like Katherine Johnson just got the Medal of Freedom from yeah. President Obama in 2015. She was 98 yeah. when she got that. About fucking time. Yeah, I'm like, like geez. They really... <laughs> it pretty close. We're, I think we're really trying to wait her out on that. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. And, well, and, and, and another interesting component uh, is the book was written by a woman who's, does she, I, I, I'm not sure, does she work at NASA or did her father only work at no, NASA? No, her father worked okay. at NASA, but she grew up in Hampton, Virginia, which is where this all took place. So um, NASA, before it was NASA, was based in Hampton, Virginia. And then at some point they moved their base of operations to Houston. Mm-hmm. So that actually happens like in the middle of the book, kind of. Oh, okay. But yeah. Yeah, but I, I like the prologue because she talks about living in this town in this area where a lot of black people had really prominent jobs and yeah. were taken very seriously in science and technology yeah, and science and technology and white people worked with them and there weren't many barriers. And she kind of just grew up thinking this is how things are. Like everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, but not realizing that this is a, this was like kind of an anomaly mm-hmm. in a way in America at this point in time. So 
it was a really good introduction into this story as a whole. And I think important that she had this perspective, this kind of personal connection, connection to the story and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about uh, Dorothy Vaughn first? Yeah, let's jump into Dorothy Vaughn, uh, the one played by Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Who I love Octavia Spencer. Oh, she's so good. So much. She's <laughs> so funny. She's hilarious. And... Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, she's great in The Help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was great in The Shape of Water that oh just came out. Yeah. And she just is kind of a scene stealer in, like, every movie that she's in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when we see her in the movie, she is uh, basically an acting supervisor for the West Computing Group, which is the all-black computing group. Um but she doesn't actually have a management position there. And this happened kind of the same way in the book where the other manager left for some reason, but then they wouldn't hire Dorothy as a manager, but she was doing the work. Yeah. And so her arc in the movie is basically like, when am I going to get my goddamn promotion? Like- yeah. <laughs> what do I have to do? Yeah. Yeah. And so I really like, she's so smart and she takes such initiative because she during this time they buy and put install these IBM computers in NASA. You know the ones that are like an entire room. Yeah. <laughs> and are basically just a calculator. Yeah. <laughs> that you have on your phone now. <laughs> but they installed one of these and she kind of saw this as being the end of her career and the other women's careers who, you know, work under her. Yeah. And so she because she sees this happening, she takes initiative and she starts she like gets books out of the library and starts reading up on computers and how to like run them and everything. And she kind of has a background in engineering a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's implied. You know, she says her dad taught her some things. And so she takes this initiative and starts learning about this and going into the room with the computer and kind of figuring things out. Because not even the the guys running the computer know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So she's kind of able to take this step forward and take the initiative and figure this out Mm -hmm. because she knows that this is going to be really important in the future. Yeah. And in the book, um, this whole kind of series of events takes place over the course of like 20 years so like she it wasn't like a weekend like it was in the movie (laughs) she like becomes the manager like kind of in in the 50s actually Mm -hmm. and has a management position for quite some time and then as she sees that the west computing group is sort of like phasing out and they're kind of hiring specialized computers or mathematicians instead of having like a giant group of computers that can just go out to do assignments. She can kind of see that things are changing. So she she does do what she did in the movie, which is like, that's the IBM, that's the future, that's what we need to learn. And she encourages all of the uh, women working under her. She's like, we need to learn how to use these because otherwise we won't have a job. And that's exactly what she does. She learns how to program the IBM and ends up working in that department. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's kind of a great... Uh, struggle and arc with her in the movie mm-hmm. with uh, another character who I believe is fictional from what I read, played by Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Uh, pouty Southern woman number one. Yeah. I, I don't. I forget her name in the movie. <laughs> but Mrs. Mitchell, I think. Mrs. Mitchell. Uh, and she's kind of this barrier 
for Dorothy in this film. She's the one who kind of won't give her the promotion. Yeah. And or it won't push the higher ups. That's yeah. She won't on her on Dorothy's behalf kind of push for her to get this promotion. Yeah. And there's this real struggle where uh, Mrs. Mitchell's clearly biased. And at one point she even says, I have like, had oh, it's she so, said, despite what you may think, I don't have a problem with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it was something really racially charged. Yeah. And then Octavia Spencer, Dorothy says back to her, I know you think that you don't or something like that. Yeah. She's like, I'm sure that you think you, I think that's true. Yeah. It, this is a really great line she gives back to her. Yeah. And there is kind of an arc where she does end up giving her this promotion, mm-hmm. you know, through the higher ups and is kind of meeting her part way there and yeah. a little little sign of progress, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was so funny because this movie has been on HBO for a while. And if you do have HBO or HBO Go, it's probably still there. Mm-hmm. You can check it out and watch it. Uh, but I probably watched the second <laughs> half of this movie like five times. I know. We kept catching it at the end. Mm-hmm. And then... Finally, this is the first time I watched probably the first hour of the film, at mm-hmm. least half hour for sure. <laughs> but the first time I watched it, there's a scene between Octavia Spencer and Kirsten Dunst where they're in the bathroom together. Yeah. Washing up. And there's kind of this charged, you know, tense interaction between them. I was like, what's going on? Like, I wonder what. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> what, 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 what's, what's happening here? Like, why is this so weird? And it was only rewatching it this time. that I was like. Oh, it's because they combined the bathrooms. I'm yeah. like, I didn't even consider they're it, they're not in segregated bathrooms, which is why this is awkward. But <laughs> the whole time I watched that scene, I'm like, why is this so tense? <laughs> what am I missing? What? Only what the first bit. half of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't this movie making sense in the last half? Yeah. So Octavia Spencer as Dorothy, great character. I love mm-hmm. her story in this. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to Mary? Yeah, Mary Jackson, who um, everyone in this story, basically, they studied math in college and then ended up teaching math in school because that was like basically the only job available for women and for African-Americans is to teach. Um, and so she comes into the program and she ends up working in like flight research, um, uh, like test testing um What's the word? Like engineering or maybe? No, uh, testing um, prototypes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like airplanes and then later on like spacecraft mm-hmm. um, models. And she works in like the wind tunnels, which like simulate real flight. And it's like all super cool. Yeah. Um, but basically she works under this guy who kind of becomes a mentor to her and is sort of like, you should become an engineer. Like you have that skill and kind of like, tries to encourage her to pursue that. Yeah, and so she applies to, I forget, she, uh, a program through NASA to become an engineer. Yeah. And they kind of put up this roadblock where they're like, you have to have uh, these certain classes or a certain high school degree education or no, something. No, it's, gra- it's like grad classes. Oh, grad classes. Okay, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... They're only available at a white school that she can't attend because it's still segregated Virginia. Mm -hmm. So she has to make an appeal to the courts to be allowed to take these classes. Yeah. 
And so we get this. And I love Mary's character in the movie mm-hmm. because she's she's kind of no nonsense. Like, yeah, there's a scene early on that's really good in the film where the three of them ride to NASA together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> at the beginning of the film, they're broken down on the side of the road and a police car comes. Yeah. And Dorothy's like, Mary, like. Stay Keep your cool. mouth shut. We don't need to be arrested. <laughs> and she's kind of just like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> like, I, I can't promise anything. Yeah, that's a great scene. Um, just because like you can feel how tense they are mm-hmm. like immediately, even though they're broken down on the side of the road and they have done nothing wrong. Just that police yeah. car showing up. They're all just like, OK, like <laughs> yeah. game face on. It's a good thing. All of that has changed, though, now. Totally. With, with black people being approached by the cops. It's great that they can. Everything not, is fixed. They don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's funny because they talk to this cop and end up having to explain that they work for NASA. And suddenly the cop's like, yeah, there's damn commies. Am I right? <laughs> and they're, they're like, like, totally. Yeah, <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> and he ends up escorting them to work, but yeah. it's a really good scene. It's a good way to begin the movie. Yeah, it, it establishes everything well and the characters. And uh, I will say in the movie, you know, we, we get some good scenes with all three of them. Yeah. Early on and eating lunch and stuff. And we get those periodically throughout but they really diminish as the movie goes yeah they're more separate stories yeah they really kind of branch out we get a couple scenes with them meeting again you know near the end but i kind of wish you you saw more of that camaraderie Mm -hmm. between them throughout the film well they are in different departments so mm -hmm. like that kind of makes sense it does yeah and and at one point one of the characters gets married and you see them at the wedding together so Mm -hmm. you know it's not like they split apart yeah you just don't see them that often but they're just their interactions are so great. You just want to see more of that. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Especially that first scene when they're just like going off of each other in the car and yeah. with the police and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Mary has to make this appeal to the court and she mm-hmm. has to meet the judge. And this seems so funny because she has to just stroke this judge's ego. Oh, yeah. So much to be like, I want to be the first uh, black woman to do this. And I know you're the first and your family to like graduate college things. and the first judge to do this. And like, you know, you know what it means to be first. And like now you have to be the first to do this. And yeah, he's like, it's- I would like to be the first and <laughs> to do this really cool thing. And he he agrees to let her take these night classes. Mm-hmm. I like to think that immediately after that scene ends and she leaves, the judge is like, wait, uh, Ah, damn it. Like she totally <laughs> she totally got me all wrapped up in that. You got me this time. <laughs> uh. But the scene where Mary leaves the courthouse after being allowed to take the classes is so funny. She's yeah. just so amped up. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, she like <laughs> screams and just stomps her feet outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so she gets to take these classes and ends up becoming an engineer for NASA. And it's, yeah. And she becomes the first black engineer, mm-hmm. a black female engineer, I guess. Um, and ends up working on a lot of, uh, projects with the test testing yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> you can tell this is not my background. With the testing of, you know, the things and the parts, the aircraft space, the, the, the aircraft machines. <laughs> <laughs> We, um, we do get a great scene though where she first attends the night classes and yeah. it's a bunch of like young white guys. And when she walks in, the, the teacher's just like, what? Like, <laughs> she's blowing their minds. Are you lost? Like, what are you doing in here? And, <laughs> uh, and of course, he, he has to make that decision. Um, 
is it that she's black or that she's a woman? I'm going to go woman. And he's yeah. like, this isn't designed. This curriculum's not designed for a woman. She's like, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> you know, I, I can't help it. I, I oftentimes think like if I was an actor, I feel like the hardest role to play would be ignorant person of race in the past. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even imagine having to play a part where I'm like, uh, your kind isn't welcome around here. Yeah. Or, it's like, like not a good headspace to be in. No, I can't even imagine saying that to a person, even though they're like, you both know it's a movie and you're yeah. agreeing to these roles. <laughs> I still can't imagine just saying that to someone. Yeah. But I think that would, if I was an actor, that'd be the only thing on my, I'm like, I cannot do this kind of role. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a great part in the book where, um, about Mary Jackson and her family. Um, cause after she becomes an engineer and she's doing well and stuff, there's this whole section where they talk about how her son Levi, um, enters a soapbox derby competition. Oh, cool. Where you have to design like a, the car and mm-hmm. you have to like get in it and like whoever wins, like gets this prize money, all this stuff. And of course, she's an engineer. So she's like, okay, we're going to make this like together. And so she kind of uses it as this opportunity to try to encourage him towards the engineering or like mathematician type Mm -hmm. field because she knows that like it's a good job and she wants him to succeed. So it's really sweet. Like they work on it together and like they try really hard to win. And then he ends up winning. (gasps) I know. That's so nice. And he was like the first African-American boy to win in oh, man. So- soapbox derbies because they're held like all over the country at this yeah. point and um when they're when they ask him like oh well, what do you want to be when you grow up he's like i want to be an engineer like my mom oh no I that's know. so nice i'm like oh <laughs> I was so inspiring like, i want to be a baseball player <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool that does her story kind of like hold up historically or accurately to the book um, mostly. Yeah. 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 Um, she just does a lot more in the book and sure. later on in her career, she actually becomes like a di- diversity officer at NASA mm. kind of goes into an HR position to try to like get more black women in the field and yeah. actively recruit them. So she kind of like uses her passion for that later on in life as kind of like her second career. Yeah. Uh, are there any women we're about to talk about like, uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine, who whose story is kind of the main plot of the movie. Yeah, are she's there, the all-star. She is, she is. Uh, are there any other characters, though, like, that are really prominent in the book that aren't featured in the movie? Yeah, they talk about Christine Darden a bit, mm-hmm. um, but not as much. Um, she was just involved in some of this stuff, too, but kind of later after these three women. Oh, okay. So her, her story kind of, like, is more towards the end. A lot of other women are mentioned, Um and I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but um, a ton of women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it seemed like the author at the beginning of the story when I was reading the the prologue, she kind of just talked about being like super into these stories and these women. And anytime she uncovered like a new name, she yeah. dug into their past and tried to figure out who they were and where mm-hmm. they came from. And she kind of almost became like obsessive about it, like figuring out all these stories. So I figured it would cover a wider range of women yeah. than just the three we follow in the movie. But I wasn't sure if there was like a fourth prominent character in the book. That Christine Darden is probably the most prominent that's okay. not mentioned in the movie. Um, and then 
each of the three main characters has like other friends that they were close to that mm. are mentioned that worked in the group too. And then, um, yeah, there are just like a lot of names and I know, um, the author was really trying to find out as much as she could about all of these, um, people. And I think she just chose the ones that had the most information on them. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. Uh huh. Were the, were these three women all at NASA around the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dorothy Vaughn was there first, I think. Mm. And then Katherine Johnson and then Mary Jackson. Okay. Yeah. And were they best friends like they were in the movie? I don't think they were best oh, friends no. like they were in the movie. Like the whole, I figured. The whole carpooling thing. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. Um, and I don't know if they all went to the same church, but they were all involved in the same community together because... You know, the black community in Hampton, Virginia was very uh, tight knit. Yeah. And supportive of each other. Um, So I think they were friends, but not quite to the degree that the movie shows. But I do like that they have that in the movie because that's so important. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of goes we've we've talked about this with uh, the other nonfiction books we've talked about in the past. But I think Liberty's. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. First of all, have to be taken with certain stories in the movie. Oh, yeah. Just to make them you know, enjoyable and interesting and flow well. But then other times it's like, you know, you want to capture the feeling more, more than, than the facts. Yeah. More than the facts. Cause that's, you know, the, the movies tend to be more, uh, emotionally focused a lot yeah. of times, whereas the book can be more factual and more interesting and inspiring by just like how much they did. Uh, but sometimes the movies are better off capturing the feeling, even if, it's at the expense of the facts a little bit. And I think that's true. I think the movie with the friendship between the three main characters and the closeness of them captures the closeness of that black community. Yeah. That's represented in the book and and among the women, some of the women in the book, not all of them, mm-hmm. but, um, and I think that's really important because they did help each other and they helped each other advance in their careers. They helped each other, you know, get through times with their families. Cause you know, these are women who were working full time. Um, and you know, quite a few of them were single moms at this time as well, or their the dads weren't around. So, yeah. um, they were dealing with a lot and to have that community, I think was super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about Catherine. Catherine. Woo! She's the star. She's with amazing. glasses. <laughs> Doing all kinds of chalkboard math. Chalkboard math. <laughs> giving it to the the white men. And yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, the movie actually starts off with her, mm-hmm. uh, kind of her childhood growing up and just how intelligent she was at an early age. Yeah. Just showing up other kids at school doing math like chalkboard math chalkboard math more chalkboard there's a, a, a motif of chalk being handed off yeah to her and i told Adina, i'm like it's a metaphor for her taking the white penises <laughs> away from the men <laughs> but i do it's something about math on a chalkboard in movies is just so great. Yeah, they do it. All it's the just time. so visual. The sound, <laughs> the sound of the yeah, chalk. The, like if, yeah. it, if it's a dry erase board, forget it. No, it's done. Unless, yeah. unless they're it's writing it on the glass on a window. window. <laughs> if it's on a window, then you go to dry erase. Yeah. <laughs> chalk though, you got to eat. It's got to be on the chalkboard. The texture. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she uh, is one of these computers at NASA, mm-hmm. along with Dorothy and Mary when the movie begins. And she gets recruited by, I guess, like the main team. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's flight research in the book. Okay. Um, but she ends up actually working on like space calculations for like the shuttles and stuff. Um, and the characters of um, Mr. Harrison, who's the division head. Yeah. The leader guy, Kevin Costner. Yes. Um, and her desk mate, Sheldon. Sheldon. <laughs> God damn it. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. From Big Bang Theory. From Big Bang Theory. But we, we talked about this. He's really what Sheldon would be like in real life. Yeah. He's real life Sheldon. Yeah. Like actual Sheldon. Openly bigoted. And just a, a racist self-centered piece of shit. asshole. Yeah. So we're going to call him real Sheldon from here on out. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh, he's so funny and quirky, even though he's mean on Big Bang. And I'm like, you know, he's just a misogynist, racist asshole. So <laughs> this is his true representation. Yes. Uh, but those are made up characters. They didn't exist. Oh, even uh, Al Harrison. Yeah. Oh, OK. That's interesting. I, I, I figured he was based on someone real. The, the way... Kevin Costner <laughs> chewed gum oh on God. scenes. I figured, I'm like, this has to be like a tick the real life guy had or something. He must have read like, oh, he chewed gum every second of the day. No, he was just kind of an amalgamation of different managers that Catherine that had. That makes sense, yeah. Um, mostly because the management like division of labor in NASA was probably too confusing for the movie. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Let's just fuse them into one one dude older white man that's in, in an office above everyone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she is now in this new environment where she's much more unwelcome yeah and uh it's kind of a hostile in the film at least yeah a hostile work environment where she's a woman and she's black and they don't know how to fucking handle it. Yeah. She like takes some coffee and everyone like stares at her. She's like, bitch, I'm just getting some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And the next day they like have a separate coffee pot for her. Yeah. No one even made coffee in. Yeah. It's just empty. Sons of bitches. Yeah. I'm like, how dare they? Yeah. But she is a genius though. Yeah. And it's kind of like realized early on by both real Sheldon and uh, Al Harrison that no one else kind of really is on the same level of her in terms of math. Yeah. And she starts checking everyone's numbers and starts kind of taking the forefront on figuring out a lot of these calculations yeah. for the orbit and the reentry and, you know, where they'll be landing and all these other complicated calculations that have to be basically figured out and Moment by moment. Created almost. and, mo- yeah. Yeah. Um, the film basically centers on John Glenn's um, orbital flight around the mm-hmm. Earth. So um, they're trying to get him into space. And Catherine's calculations are part of that. Um, so, yeah, it's a, an exciting time for her. In the book, they talk about how she just loved what she did so much that she was mm. so passionate about it and just enjoyed the math and the work and being there and getting to do that work. Um, she actually really didn't face as much, I think, as the movie portrayed. That's what I was reading, just IMDb facts, and yeah. it kind of seemed like there were some things maybe, but for the most part, and I mean, it makes sense because it seems like, you know, NASA had been pretty racially integrated, you know, with like yeah. people of different races in different positions at this point, mm-hmm. and that it, you know, 
most people seemed okay with it. Yeah. Uh, but. But I think she represents a lot of other women's experiences. Yeah. Um, cause actually the whole bathroom thing. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, she doesn't, there's no colored bathroom in the department where she's working. So she has to go like half a mile away back to the West computing uh, building to use the bathroom. And this gets in the way of her work and people are like, where is she? Um, Al Harrison is like, why are you never around? And it's this whole thing. Um, and this actually happened to Mary. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I read was that it was Mary. Who yeah, had to- it was Mary. And Catherine actually, since there were no, there was actually no colored or white bathrooms in the department she was working in. So there were no signs on the bathrooms. So she just went in the women's bathroom. She's like, there's no signs. I'm just going to use the women's bathroom. Mm-hmm. So and it, it said like people were kind of fine with it. Like yeah. no one really raised Nobody, much of a like, stink. Yeah. <laughs> so but I get, you know, writing this movie you don't want to create this false idea that everything was, was fine. Everything was fine. Um, they weren't. You yeah, know? no, it wasn't. It was still a very prejudiced and racist time in American society. And even if the work environment wasn't as bad as, you know, a lot of places at the time, you still want to portray the struggles of most people in that time period. I yeah, think. exactly. It's important. Mm-hmm. One thing I really like about this bathroom uh, situation in the movie yeah. is that it kind of shines a light on uh, how specifically with uh, Al Harrison, Mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Costner's character. I like his character a lot in this movie, mostly because uh, he's not kind of a white champion for Catherine in a way. He's really just very focused on his work. Yeah. And he wants whoever can do the best job pretty much. Mm -hmm. And He's kind of a hard ass at points and kind of a dick, but he's kind of that way to everyone. Yeah. So I I kind of like that equal treatment he shows. Mm -hmm. But this bathroom thing kind of shines a light on the fact that he was being a dick to her saying, where are you half the time? You're gone for 40 minutes at a time, blah, blah, blah. And she lays this shit on him. She uh, She starts yelling at everyone. It's great. Yeah. The the (laughs) actress who plays her, uh, Tarahi Henson. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name. Uh, she gives this great scene where she had run in the rain to the bathroom and she's soaking wet and she just fucking destroys everyone in that room. Yeah. Saying like I had to run half a mile in the rain to relieve myself and none of you know what that's like. You make me drink coffee from a separate pot. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because, you know, it kind of shows that even though Al might not actively be uh prejudice towards her or expressing that yeah. he's still ignorant mm-hmm. which I think is where a lot of uh problems like that come from they, they're not necessarily a place from like active bigotry no but it's just ignorance mm-hmm. and not really knowing what the other side goes through yeah so I, th- I think that was a really kind of important aspect to show whereas people like real Sheldon Sheldon are actively racist towards her yeah he was just kind of uh, ignorant yeah. of these facts. Mm-hmm. Then we get this very dramatic scene where he knocks the the uh, colored women's sign off of the bath. Or I guess it's the white women's sign. I think it's the colored one, which doesn't make sense because you would think it would be the white one. Was it the colored one? Yeah, it was the oh. colored one. I was like, I'm confused. I guess I didn't really think about that because that would be at the West. Yeah. Yeah, it should be the white well, women's he knocks down. sign. Yeah. Unless... 
were women's bathrooms considered to be white unless specified? Or? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, he takes a crowbar <laughs> and just in front of everyone just smashes the shit out of this sign. And it's just like, here at NASA, we all bleed the same colors and like... We pee the same colors. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah. I thought he said bleed. <laughs> no. That's so much funnier. He says pee. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's so, awesome. I have a little bit of a problem with this scene. Okay. And... The criticisms of the movie have mostly focused on this scene, um, kind of saying that all the other scenes with Al Harrison and kind of his character um, are good because, you know, there's a scene where um, he lets Catherine do, he kind of like lets her do more stuff, basically, like allows her to be more of a part of things, lets her like sit on, sit in on these like important NASA meetings, you know, kind of hands the reins over to her, gives her more responsibility and recognition. But this is the scene where he takes on that role of like a white savior. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Being like, I'm going to like knock down this sign. And like, it's all about like me, like making a difference. So I thought the other scenes were all good and like made sense, but that was the only part that I was like, this is a little too dramatic and too like movie dramatic moment for like something like this. I I totally agree. I think the context of other scenes, I guess I kind of interpreted a little bit like he's just pissed and like, you know, that she's being taken away from having to go this distance, you know? Mm hmm. So I kind of imply probably more than it deserves that he's doing it just out of like annoyance at this system. And like he wants things to be running smoothly. And uh, but it is very much this dramatic, definitely set up kind of like a white savior kind of a thing with him, especially because his character isn't really a person. So for him to have this dramatic of a moment, it's like, well, why does he get this moment when? He's not even like someone that existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. There might be, you know, you, you who knows. The writers might have had a a, a reason behind it. They yeah. might have been this is symbolic of NASA being progressive for its time, or I, I don't know. But it and is. I mean, NASA did eventually integrate. Um, they didn't. They dissolved the West Computing Group mm-hmm. and just moved all the women into other divisions. So yeah. everything fully integrated at some point um, in NASA. So I get what they're trying to go for there. Yeah, but I agree. I can I can tell why people would feel that way about the scene. Mm-hmm. And as Catherine's life is progressing and she's doing well in her job, she also has some personal stuff going on, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Her husband died and she has three children. So she's kind of a single parent at this point. But then she meets Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson, (laughs) who sounds like the most made up person, but is actually real. (laughs) And he's played by Mersha. Mershala Ali. Yeah. Yes. From so. <laughs> <laughs> something like who, who uh, was in Moonlight. Yes. And one best best supporting actor for that. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great actor, though. Yeah. Very handsome. Very handsome. <laughs> very, uh, you know, suave mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I love their interactions, too, because yeah. he's kind of smitten with her and is trying to court her. And she's really just. She makes him work for it. She does. And I love those (laughs) scenes of them together doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But they eventually get married and it's really sweet. They get. Yeah. uh, The scene where he proposes to her is really sweet. Yeah. Because she has three daughters. And in real life, I read that they were teenagers by this point. Yeah. But he does kind of say, like, I know marrying you means, you know, kind of marrying your daughters, being being their father, being a part of their lives, too. Yeah. He's just a, a sweet, good guy. Yeah. 
and he and he was the same way in Moonlight. You mm-hmm. know, he was just really, you know, tender, honest guy. And yeah, yeah, he's a great actor. He's a good actor. Unless he's in Luke Cage, and then he's this cutthroat, <laughs> villainous, you know, mobster. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get to oh, <laughs> I wanted to talk just briefly about. Uh, uh, the astronaut John Glenn. Uh, John Glenn. Yes, I almost said Glenn Johnson. I'm like that's not right. <laughs> the sweet, innocent golden retriever puppy. <laughs> oh my god, I loved him in this movie. He's played by a 27 year old in the movie, even though in real life, uh, John Glenn was 40 wow. at this point. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a much older man, but he's he's kind of painted as um being very open to working with people of color and these yeah. women of color. And, but I love in the movie, he almost just seems completely dumb, dumb and like <laughs> ignorant to like all this racial tension that's going on. You know, he's shaking hands down the slide. And when he's approaching the black women, they try to usher him away. Like, OK, let's go. And he's like, wait, I'm not done. Like, what, what are you talking about? There's more women down here. And he's like, God, they're just rushing me all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> and then later he's in a meeting that Catherine attends and it's just really quiet and tense and, you know, whatever. And then when she mentions how fast a spacecraft is going, he cracks a joke about a speeding ticket and everyone yeah. finally kind of eases a little bit. But he's almost like, geez, what, what's what's with all the tension? Like, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> so like what? Someone someone say something like he's what's going on? A sweet golden retriever puppy that's just like, hey, guys, what's up? What's going on? I'm he's here. Got this, I'm like, here. Little, he's got this little bow tie. Yeah. And his, like hair. Dapper man. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that portrayal. He's just totally clueless, has, clueless about everything that's going on. <laughs> he's like, just put me in that spaceship and I'll I'll drive her. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm gonna go real fast up into the sky. I'm going to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so they got to get him into space mm-hmm. and uh Catherine's a part of all that which is really cool um and he actually asked for her to check uh the numbers that the ibm machine spits out for his uh re-entry point and everything for his mission yeah he's like get the girl to check the numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah this was kind of another part that i read that was uh uh dramatized a little bit because basically He's getting on the shuttle and he's like, can you have her check the numbers? Uh, In real life, he asked her to do that like weeks ahead of time. Yeah. But it makes for a great scene where a guy has to run down to the West Computing Building and get Catherine and they have to like check the numbers. Then they have to run back. Yeah. Uh, By the way, there's so many scenes of her running. There's so many scenes of her running. I'm like, don't they have a phone? Couldn't they just call her and be like, hey, can you come up here? She's just running. She's always carrying like a ton of books and that she's in high heels and she's just like sprinting across the parking lots. Uh, Pharrell Williams does the music for this movie, though. Yeah, it's great. It's just really. uh, They play the same song when she's running. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think the song's called Running. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The the whole all the music that was really good in this movie. It was really it was a solid. uh, I bet it was nominated for score, although I didn't look it up, but I wouldn't be surprised. It was solid. Mm -hmm. And so she does these last minute. She's it's basically like her versus the IBM machine. Yeah. And she comes up with the correct numbers. And there's a great scene where they run back with these calculated numbers to mission control Mm -hmm. and the dude runs through the door ahead of her and just slams it shut in her face behind her yeah and it was really a great moment because you see that for as much as she's done and helped them and as important as she is there's still these like doors literally getting slammed in her face yeah but then 
uh, good old Al Harrison, good old Hal Al Harrison, who never <laughs> existed. God bless him, uh, opens the door and lets her in, giving her a name tag. And she gets to kind of witness the the launch of the shuttle from Mission Control. Yeah. And then his reentry as well. Mm-hmm. And um, this bit was not true um at this <gasps> point <laughs> at this point mission control was in houston and uh catherine stayed in hampton virginia mm. so she wasn't there okay yeah <laughs> and like she did do I'm the calculations shattered. and like send it to them yeah. and everything but she wasn't like in the but, mission like, control over room. the phone she didn't have to run no. from virginia to houston <laughs> just, like, <laughs> that's that scene just an you hour think it's the parking she lot just, but like, <laughs> she just ran that whole way she just like forest gumps across the country with like this stack of books <laughs> in her arms yeah yeah once again i'm fine with things being dramatized a bit yeah you know this movie um and a lot of the reviews said this and i kind of agree it doesn't necessarily do anything special from from a filmmaking standpoint Mm -mm. you know it's a little hokey not hokey but um a little sappy a little dramatized but the story is just so good yeah and so inspiring and the actors involved are just do such a great job. Yeah. There's just such a wonderful movie and I really like it. And it just really captures you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it does anything special filmmaking wise or not. Yeah. Uh, it just it, it's a solid movie. And and another thing I thought was interesting looking back was uh, this movie did really well uh, from a box office standpoint. But yeah, it did. Which was really cool. And the year before, Straight Outta Compton came out and did really well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a year later or so, Get Out did really well. And now Black Panther is just fucking dominating oh everyone's yeah. face. <laughs> and just all up in their face. It has its own like economy. Yeah. <laughs> the movie Black Panther has enough money to actually create Wakanda now, I think. <laughs> but it's great because Hidden Figures is kind of one of the earlier movies in this um, trend of movies starring black people and about black people mm-hmm. doing really well yeah, and financially doing really well and being critically received well. So oh, also Girls Trip did well, too. Oh, Girls Trip. Yeah, that was yeah. another one that did really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's hopefully it continues. Yeah. Hollywood, you know... <laughs> If nothing else, they should want to make money. Exactly. These movies are making money. Well, and it's also really great to see these stories centered on women, you know, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, even Black Panther had a lot of female characters in it who mm-hmm. were important to the story. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Something I want to talk about that's not um, in the movie as much, but is a really huge part of the book is um, the segregation and specifically the school segregation that's mm. going on at the at the time of the, these stories. Um, and they, the author really makes a lot of direct connections between the segregation going on in Virginia and then NASA being in Virginia and like all these technology, technological advancements and, you know, all these African Americans, male and female working in NASA. Um, but these schools still being segregated. And it's interesting because they talk, too, about how during the Cold War, um, the U.S. and Russia were basically competing for allies around the world. So they're competing for countries to kind of like side with them. And they're like, it looked really bad 
because when all of this was going on, America was trying to like actively keep black people from doing anything. And they were trying to like get on the good side of a lot of countries that might have African-American, brown, black, different colored people. Yeah. And these people in these countries are like, yo, what's going on? Like in your own country, you're trying to like sell us on democracy and have us not go with like the communists. But yet all this shit is going down in your own country. You're such hypocrites. Exactly. Like I'm not supporting communism exactly, but like you can't really shit on that political stance and be like, uh, you should be free like America. And they're like, uh, are you kidding me? You sure about that? (laughs) You want to like, you know, take a second look because doesn't look great for everyone. And like with the space race, they were, you know, America's actively competing with Russia to get someone, you know, to get people into space. And America was losing for so much of the time because yeah. the Russians beat America to get a satellite in orbit and then they beat America to get a person into space. Um, and the author kind of made the connection like they were refusing to let black people in schools mm-hmm. and like education was at an all time low and yet we're like trying to promote you know science advancement Mm -hmm. and she's like America was just not (laughs) she's like what could we have accomplished basically if we had given everyone the education they deserved Mm -hmm. yeah and you know you still see that view you know when you see students of inner city schools and stuff struggle there's kind of this opinion and feeling that like well, they're clearly just not trying hard enough. Yeah. Like, and it's they're like, in charge of their own destiny. Like they're obviously just lazy or whatever. And back in the 60s, we see that when given the opportunity, you know, people of color are capable of fucking I know, achieving awesome anything. Sh- yeah, obviously. Yeah. And yet that lesson just does not sink in. And mm-hmm. it's it's insane that, you know, uh, America continues to make the same mistake over and over again. It's so true. And there's this great part where um, Mary Jackson ends up going to those night classes or her engineering degree. So she has to like get a special permission to go mm-hmm. because it's not desegregated. And she gets into the school and there the classes are held at the high school. And she goes in and she's like, are you kidding me? This school is a dump. And she's like, yeah. this is the school that I was never allowed to be in. And it's trash. Really? Yeah. She's like, it's old and decrepit and bad. And she's like, the state is spending money to fund two separate school systems and they're doing a poor job on each of them. Yeah. And instead they could pool their money together and make one really great school for everyone. But instead they're wasting their money to have two separate schools and they're both bad. Yeah. (laughs) I love that, though. Like that moment where she's like, this is what I wasn't allowed to enter into. And it's crap. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's man. Yeah, this, you know, out of the 50 pages I did read, uh, it was really interesting to read about like World War Two. Yeah. In that time period and how, um, you know, the black community living in this area that was booming because the aeronautics were increasing. Yeah. And I just love that the author takes time to really paint a picture of the time, the time and, you know, the economics of it and the social aspects and what was going on and really just paints a picture of this setting that the book takes place in to really help you appreciate everything these women did. Yeah. And how unique the situation was and how much they had to overcome 
to get these jobs and to, you know, do the things that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She does a really good job of kind of like getting you in that space for the time and place. And, you know, it's different times. She starts out with World War Two. And then, you know, kind of transitions into the Cold War and like what people were thinking and feeling and what was going on and like civil rights and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about was like, I just think I think the space race is so interesting. Yeah. Because. I I don't know, it was in a way it almost feels like this. I mean, there were, you know, real uh Security concerns. Yeah, you know, because the Russians were launching satellites and they're like, there's just satellites in space watching us now every minute. Yeah. Uh, but in a way, it just feels like almost like this pissing contest between two countries yeah. <laughs> of like, I got a rocket into space. Well, I got a rocket into orbit. Well, we're going to go to the moon. Not if we get there first. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just is this crazy thing that these two countries were just funneling money into. Yeah. And you're like, what is the end goal? What are we doing? Where are we going? But it was mm-hmm. this story that just captured the nation. Yeah. And just was this very impactful moment in uh, American and world history. Yeah. You know, this this race to this race to space. And it was so important until it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they went to the moon. And then after that, people were kind of like, all right, like we don't care anymore. Yeah. What? Nothing has happened since then. I you forget, know, I forget the year, but we haven't been to the moon since like yeah, well, in the seventies. I think I'm not people, sure. Basically, people started to be like, "Hey, why are we spending literally billions of dollars on this <laughs> when like we have soldiers in Vietnam and like mm-hmm. our schools are shit and like the economy is like terrible and like there's all these crises globally like shouldn't we be spending money on like helping people yeah. here in America and not just like blowing ourselves into space so the the public sort of turned almost against it yeah and I think the government too is sort of like yeah it's a lot of money like a <laughs> lot of money so yeah. maybe let's do something else and now the earth is like literally on fire and yeah. people are like you know what's cool space can we get back on that let's go back to how space. soon can we get up there <laughs> yeah but uh, I, I just and my dad um you know was young at this point but like growing up during this time and he was i know infatuated with uh the space race and like knowing the astronauts and you know watching everything that was going on in terms yeah. of global events so it's a really interesting time I think in American history it really is and I'm glad that this story showed us some of the hidden figures hidden figures that were involved yeah and that's the name of Of the the movie movie. I'm glad they didn't say the name of the movie (laughs) in this movie movie. now that I think about it yeah that would have been bad I don't even know how they would have worked that in but that would have been real bad (laughs) (laughs) it probably would have been one of Kevin Costner's lines probably he would have been like staring out over everyone and been like, you know, we really have to thank some of the people we don't see all the time. <laughs> some of the hidden figures, you might say. <laughs> and he would have been talking to real Sheldon. Yeah. And real Sheldon would have been like, yeah, it's a good thing that we helped them <laughs> get to this point. Yeah. Real Sheldon, I guess, comes around <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Oh, my God. His his emotional arc yeah. and climax comes when he gets Catherine a cup of coffee. Yep. And he just sets it on her desk for her and she hands him her report. 
And that I, has both of their names that has, on it. Yes, that has both of their names. Because he wouldn't let her put her name on the reports before. And he doesn't throw it at her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how real Sheldon... That's how his story ends. ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Good, good movie. Good movie. It sounds like a good book. Great book. Yeah. If you're at all interested in the story, I would definitely recommend reading the book because it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I want to go back to it, even though I failed <laughs> at reading it for this episode. Uh, I was interested enough in the bit that I did read that I want to go back to it and learn a little bit more. Yeah. I can't say which is better. Our famous part of the podcast where I we know. decide... Without a doubt and without any argument from anyone. <laughs> no opinions ever considered. <laughs> no, just kidding. Everyone has their own opinion. So, <laughs> But which did you find better and more interesting? Oh, and- this is really hard for me. And I've just been going back and forth in my mind about it for a bit. Because mm-hmm. I really liked the book. But it, there were parts of it that were a little more slow and then some of it was a little confusing the way it was laid out. Yeah. It's amazing. And I was wondering if like listening to it might be better. Mm, like yeah. If that would be good. Um, but it's so fascinating and there's so much research in it. So it's so great. And then the movie is good, but it like really does dumb down some of that stuff. Mm hmm. So maybe the, slightly the book. Yeah, yeah. Slightly the book. I but feel, the movie is so good, though. Like, the movie I really is good. like it. I feel like it's a good one-two punch where the movie can grab your emotions about yeah. it mm-hmm. and then lead you to the book where yeah. it's like, this is, like, specifically what happened and all of the accomplishments and that expanded, yeah. you know, um, the expanded facts about everything and all the real people getting like the the bigger story. Yeah, it is. It's tough because, you know, the book is much more accurate to the events. And because it's a real story, I'm sure that pushes that the book being better a lot more. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But then the movie is like a little glossier, you know, mm-hmm. and like funnier and more accessible. So, I mean, I'd, I'd recommend both. If you haven't watched the movie yet, definitely watch it. And if you like the movie, please read the book because it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. And a lot of other people have thought so because it was like a number one bestseller for forever. So, yeah. <laughs> so I guess slightly the book, but they're both good. The book edges out a win over the movie. It has been decided. <laughs> Do not tweet at us about it. <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> Should we move on to a lightning round? Lightning round. All right. You want to go first for lightning round? Yeah. So there aren't a lot of like fun things in this story yeah. because like there's a lot of facts and interesting things, but most of it is just like sciency and like part of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't really a fun fact, <laughs> but um <laughs> When all of the segregation was going on um, and Brown versus Board came down and everyone was basically like the Supreme Court says everyone has to desegregate schools and integrate. Um, And Virginia was like, no. (laughs) So Virginia just didn't integrate. And then schools that tried to integrate, they shut them down and wouldn't let the kids go to school. And eventually, like they had to. But actually, uh. Prince Edward County in Virginia um, just decided to defund their schools 
Holy as a solution shit. to the problem. They just defunded all of their schools in the county, all the public schools. And uh, that went on for five years. Oh, my God. So kids in that county either had to move to other counties to go to schools or they had to be sent to private schools. And, you know, of course, black families didn't really have the money to send their kids to private schools. But there were plenty of white families, too, that I'm sure were affected by this. Of course. So then they call it the lost generation because for five years there was no school. So most students never went back or never got an education during this time. That is fucked. Yeah, they're like, you know what? You know what's nothing can be worse than having to sit next to someone who's black in school. So no one is going to go to school. We'd rather just. Yeah, they were like our children. We'd rather our children suffer. be ignorant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, fun fact. Lightning okay. round. <laughs> so my lightning round fun fact. <laughs> this is tough to follow. Um, I, this is very disconnected from the movie, but it's something. Reading the IMDb facts. Yeah. Uh, God, IMDb facts are so random and like yeah. weirdly connected sometimes. <laughs> but this one was talking about how Octavia Spencer has had screen time with a lot of actors who have been in Spider-Man movies. Oh. And they said, in, you know, <laughs> including this one where she sta- she uh, acts alongside Kirsten Dunst, who she also appeared in in Spider-Man in 2002. It's like. Wait, Octavia Spencer was in Spider-Man? Was she? So I looked it up on YouTube. She is the woman who signs up Peter for the wrestling. Oh, my God. Who calls him Small Fry. Yes. Oh, my God. I loved her in that. I know. And then after reading him all the rules and she's like, down the hall and to the left, may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) Next. That's amazing. Isn't that so funny? That is so funny. (laughs) Did she like not act in anything for like 10 years after that? I don't know. I'm sure it was small rules like that. that Probably probably weren't credited, you know? (laughs) I thought that was so funny, though. That was such a blast from the past to watch. (laughs) that clip and know it was her but yeah so that's my fun spider-man fact in this hidden figures episode insert (laughs) spider-man always comes back to spider-man always uh another fact ish or a bit from the movie was um octavia spencer tries Mm -hmm. to go to the library to check out a book on computer programming and uh the librarian is like we don't want you here basically And uh, this is a really great representation, especially for me, a reminder that most libraries in the South were segregated. So it's kind of sad because, you know, I'm trying to be a librarian and libraries are supposed to represent um, accessibility and knowledge for everyone. And they were segregated and black um, Americans weren't allowed to use the library or there were colored sections. Um, but it's great because uh, Octavia Spencer's character just steals the book. <laughs> I know. I really like that scene. Her kids are like, did you steal that? And she's like, no, I pay taxes, so it's already mine and it's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, you are justified because of the injustice that is going on at that library. Yeah, for sure. That was a great scene, though. I, I, I also thought the same thing during that scene in the movie. Yeah. When she's in the library and a woman comes up to her and it's like, we don't want any trouble. Like she's acting like Octavia Spencer pulled out a gun or something. (laughs) She's like, just take what you want and leave. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. So those were our two sad historical facts (laughs) sandwiching a fun 
Spider-Man Spider-Man fact. <laughs> in this episode's lightning round. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. This is a great movie. I'm glad we got to talk about it, especially a nonfiction adaptation. Yeah, and it's actually our first um, black author, so. Yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> I know, I feel, and I didn't read it. Oh my God, I, I promise I'm going to go back to this one and read it. Yeah. And we'll also not wait so long to do another black author. Yeah, I think the issue that we've been running into is most of the stories by black authors that are made into movies are um, mostly about slavery. Um, yeah, and that's which is fine to do. Sure, um, but you don't want to do like a bunch, so we'll have to do another one. It's soon. also tough to. We do want to keep this show entertaining. Yeah, and it's tough when the topic is very heavy. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a balance thing that we're trying to figure out. But mm-hmm. we'll definitely do another uh, black author here coming soon. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions for other books. Uh, especially by black authors that you'd like us to cover, please yes, tweet at please us. Please let us know. At cover to credits, that's the number two, or email us at cover to credits pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us suggestions or let us know what you thought about episodes that Have we've done. Have you seen Hidden Figures? What were your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Tell us how we're wrong. <laughs> and next week, we will be doing next episode. I always say week. It's bi-weekly. I'll cut it out in post. Next episode, we will be doing True Grit. True Grit. And we're doing the Coen Brothers adaptation primarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although we're going to try to watch the John Wayne version as well. We'll see. Well, it's it's not going to be our first priority, to be honest. It's our first Western. It is our first Western. I've wanted to do a Western for a while now. Yeah. And I love True Grit, and I'm so excited to read the book and get to talk about it. So that'll be next episode. Join us then. Until then, thanks for listening. Oh, and please rate us on iTunes if you get the chance and subscribe. Yep. And we're also on Patreon. And we're also on Patreon. (laughs) Support the podcast. Have access to our bonus podcast, After Credits, where we talk about other subjects that aren't specifically adaptation related. Yep. And now is the end of the episode. We're doing stuff and we're going to keep doing it. (laughs) And no one's going to stop us no matter how hard they try because everyone's trying. That's not true. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.